right center net. Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome to this hour of Flames Talk, another significant Monday in the summer of the Flames, and we welcome you to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. It's Monday, June 12th with Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome, and we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Monday has been the day. We've been starting weeks with big news conferences since April. Brad Treliving, Daryl Sutter, Arena, Craig Conroy, and now Ryan Huska, all to get weeks started that's five significant news conferences that we've had since the season came to an end. And the latest is the introduction, or was the introduction earlier on this Monday, of Ryan Huska as the 24th head coach in Flames history. Now, we knew Thursday night that it was going in this direction. It felt like it was going... We, we knew early last week that it was going in an internal direction, and uh, it started to trend in Ryan's direction on Thursday, at least from the outside. Side. And then here we are on this Monday. He's been introduced, and uh, it's been the again one of the hockey world's worst kept secrets over the weekend. But it is now official that he is uh, in the spot. I want to get into in just a second. Now that this is done, now what? What are the next steps? What are some of the important things that that come from you know that, that go from here and and the next steps for Ryan Huska, for Craig Conroy, and the Calgary Flames? But you know the one thing, and and there is a lot in the uh, first hour of Monday's Flames Talk podcast. Is a lot of stuff that we dove into about you know why this is the right hire and all that type of stuff. First of all, hi, hi, buddy. Um, Pleasure to see you on this Monday, as is well. tradition. It's good to have. Uh, Apologies have... for missing the Craig Conroy one, but I've been here for the rest of the ride. You're at the World Championship. That's okay. Uh, it's nice to have you across for me. Um, the one thing that I, I think that was really palatable for me or palpable for me was just the, the overall excitement and, like, th- this is dream come true stuff. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that when Bill Peters was introduced – or when Daryl Sutter was introduced, that it wasn't excitement and they weren't happy to be here, but you just kind of got that, hey, like this is the culmination of a long time, the culmination of a, of a lot of building. You really got that feel from Craig Conroy a few weeks ago when he was named general manager and from Ryan Huska earlier today when he was named head coach. I just, I'm a sucker for that stuff. I think it's cool to see. And, you know, sometimes I know we're all worried about wins and losses and as we should be, and both Craig and Ryan will be judged upon 
the way this team plays on the ice, but every once in a while, just feeling good for human beings, for um, for for being able to realize a, a lifelong goal and and to achieve that. I I think it was it was neat, and and you definitely got that feel from Ryan earlier on this Monday. Oh, 100 percent. And he even admitted he veered off his uh, introductory statement when he was introduced as the 24th head coach of the Calgary Flames today, when he was eight years old, playing for a minor hockey league team in Trail, BC. They won a contest at breakfast with Calgary Flames players Colin Patterson, Joel Otto, and some alumni were in the back of the room today for the introduction of Ryan Huska, and he touched on it. He said that's that breakfast was something he's never forgotten, and so it's funny how full circle, 40 years later, four decades later, he's the guy at the podium, again, with alumni in the back watching him and cheering him on because it's just one of those feel good moment mo- moments, pardon me. And yes, it's a business. And as you mentioned, you'll be judged by wins and losses and whether or not you make the playoffs and whether or not you win the first round, and whether or not you win the second round, and whether or not you win the Stanley cup. But this is a team comprised of 23 players, a general manager, some assistant GMs, a head coach, what will be a, a coaching staff underneath him. You can root for people. And the energy that was given off today with Ryan Huska yeah. makes it easy to get behind this hire. Um, so now what? Ryan Huska's been hired. I believe it was the right hire. I think Ryan is ready for this. I think this is a very strong hire. I think he's going to do a good job. I, th- I, I know he is very well respected behind closed doors by players. I know that he has had lots of success along the way. He's been successful as an assistant and a head coach with the Kelowna Rockets for the better part of a decade or more in the Western League. He moved on to, what, four good years as the American League head coach, done a nice job developing players and getting them ready for the NHL with Adirondack and Stockton. And in the last five years, as an assistant coach with the Flames, the penalty kill work that he's done and the progression and high-level play from Calgary's defensemen has has been strong, and those are the areas that Ryan has been chiefly responsible for. So I think this is a good hire. I think he's ready for it, and I think the way that he goes about his business, the way he communicates, and uh, just the fact that he has paid his dues and been successful at every level along the way, I, I think he'll be able to get past, in my opinion, I think he'll be able to get past some of the potential pitfalls that go along with going from an assistant to head coaching job within the same organization. That's my feel on June 12th. We'll see how I feel on June 12th of next year after one year. We'll see what the conversations are like in December and January. I don't know how it's going to go, but I will say I've been uh, a fan of them going this direction for a number of months, and now that they have gone down this direction, I think they're making the right call. But here is something that I think is really important. There have been too many coaches employed by this team over the last 20 years. There have been too many instances where multiple coaches have been being paid at the same time. There have been too many instances of the team using a coaching change as a way to try to get more out of the group on the ice. There's just been too many of those instances over the last number of years. You go back to Daryl Sutter stepping away from head coach. You had one season for Jim Playfair two seasons for Mike Keenan, three seasons for Brent Sutter, four is the benchmark over the last 30 years from Bob Hartley, 
then two seasons for Glenn Gullitson, a season and a bit for Bill Peters, 30 games or 26 games as a full-time head coach for Jeff Ward, two seasons for Daryl Sutter. Over the last 15 years, the most that has been is a four-year tenure, and that was Bob Hartley's. And that also included a 48-game season in there. He didn't even get 482 game seasons in, which wasn't his fault. My point is this coaching hire needs to be a coaching hire that is done for more than just right now. And I think that's exactly what we heard from Craig Conroy. This is a hire that is all about being able to build and grow and collaborate together and a long-term vision. This is all about Craig Conroy is his first hire, wanted to hire a guy that he can grow with and develop with and they can move forward together for quite some time. He talked about it in the news conference earlier on Monday. Well, I just watched different organizations and different where they've had success and the one thing they've always seemed to have is continuity in the head coach they're not changing the head coach a lot they stick with a guy and that's what I said before I hope we're together the next 10 to 20 years I mean that would be uh, ideal but I do think that means something and I think when Brian Burke first came on he told me something you know what you have to support the coach Craig and you have to make sure the players know that the coach is the boss he's the boss he's going to control who's on the ice ice times what goes on all of that so you know, I think that'll be one of the things when we have our first meeting at training camp. I want them to make sure, even though Ryan was, you know, the assistant coach, he is the head coach now. And he's going to run this team the way he wants. And, and I'm going to be supportive of it, you know, from above. And that's what they need to know. You know, it's just got to be, we're all in this together. And I do think, uh, you know, in the long run, to have someone here long term is going to be, uh, you know, that's my, that's my ultimate goal for a long, long partnership. That's and, and that's what needs to happen. That they really do need to make this a long term thing because as I said, there have been too many damn coaches over the last twenty years. Well, one of the benefits of hiring Ryan Huska is he's got a lot of experience dealing with and communicating with and connecting with players of all ages, whether it be a sixteen year old with the Kelowna Rockets, whether it be, you know, a first round pick or a second round pick turning pro um, with Stockton Adirondack or dealing with guys that are 10-year veterans in the NHL where he, you know, his position as an assistant with the Calgary Flames. And you touched on it a little bit. I'm curious how he deals with the jump from assistant coach to head coach. And we heard Craig Conroy just comment on that. Your messaging becomes different. You can have a soft glove approach when you're an assistant talking to your players. But as a head coach, sometimes you need the iron fist. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes about being the bad guy at times. And, and he can certainly lay the hammer down when he needs to. But there's going to be a bit of an adaption there in terms of your messaging, in terms of how you connect to the players. And I think that'll be, I don't want to necessarily say it's his biggest obstacle or biggest challenge, but it's something he's certainly going to be mindful of. And you mentioned it, and I know the average lifespan of a head coach is somewhere around three years or three and a half years. But you mentioned just from Hartley was the second longest tenured coach in, in Flames history. Or had the second longest tenure. How's that? Yes. Because that works again, perfect. Daryl Sutter has num is number two with all the uh with all the, the games combined. You go Hartley to Gulletson, Gulletson to Peters, Peters to Ward, Ward to Daryl, Daryl to Ryan Huska, and here we are today. And Craig Conroy said it. I hope we're together for the next ten to twenty years. Now that's not necessarily feasible I mean, 
the, the shelf life of a coach lasting 10 years might be a little exaggerated, but he's exaggerating to the point where I want this to be a permanent hire, not a, a pit stop on the road to finding out who needs to be the head coach of this team because the Calgary Flames have certainly veered off the highway and taken plenty of exits along the way, and it just hasn't worked out for them to this point. And if it's a if it's a four year thing, well, that's a smash. That's a that's a that's a really successful hire. I just I, I hope that that's what we're talking about because I do think this organization. First of all, if it ends up being three or four or five years with Husky at the helm, it means that they've had some on ice success, which and and some consistent on ice success, not the the roller coaster that the org's been on over the last decade. It means that there's no scandals. It means that they just means that it's generally gone. No well. controversy. Exactly. Yep. So I, I hope that is the case. I hope that they're able to have some good on ice success and. I I hope that they're able to avoid the controversy and scandals as well, which I think that that is fairly, uh, fairly good, um, a fairly good bet in that respect. Um, just knowing the type of person that, that Ryan is. Um, but yeah, that long-term hire idea is really important. couple of other things. What about Mitch Love's future with the organization? He was one of the finalists for this job. He did not get the job. He has one year left on his deal as the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers in the American League. So what's that going to look like? What is the, the future for Mitch Love look like? Here was Craig Conroy at the news conference Monday. He's going to be interviewed for sure. And Mitch did it. You know, the one thing I can say, Mitch has done an unbelievable job. Uh, two-time coach of the year in the American League. So he was right in that final four i'll be honest he was in the final four and he's confident and he knows he can do it and he's ready i said i even i told mitch and uh you know i'll be honest today that i think he needs a little time in the nhl because you know even as a player when i went from the american league to the nhl and then there is a step and there's a learning curve and to just get thrust into that without kind of going through that it's not fair to him you know i know he believes 100 percent he could do it and not saying he couldn't, but for me, being a first-time, you know, GM in the league, to have someone that's kind of went through the steps the way I kind of envisioned it in my mind um, was probably the difference in making the hire, you know, and I felt like Ryan was 100% the guy for me. And had they gone with Mitch Love as head coach, I think they would have made a really good hire. I really do. They don't, and I do wonder what the future looks like now because – I think that, you know, I think that at the very least, Mitch is going to be looking around and, and seeing what else is out there. I know Frank Saravalli uh, over at Daily Faceoff, our Tuesday NHL insider, put that out a little earlier that um, he's now going to explore all options. I, I think that he will explore opportunities elsewhere. That does not mean he won't be back. And maybe one of those opportunities is potentially being an assistant or associate with the Calgary Flames. That could very well be the case. But also, if he wants to chase a head coaching job, then maybe going to another organization and, and working with an established NHL successful head coach with that track record is something that he maybe wants to chase down all those types of things. So, and I wouldn't blame him. I would not blame him if he's back as AHL head coach. I wouldn't blame him if he, if they were to offer him an assistance job and he takes that. But I also think that we need to be prepared for the, uh, for, for the eventuality or the potential eventuality that Mitch Love is no longer with the organization and, and decides to chase something down elsewhere. I don't blame him for that. 
that if he decides to do that, and I think that there's a realistic possibility that that happens. And you can't blame him as an individual for exploring his options. I think each single one of us would do that if we were in the same position where we were, for lack of a better term, passed up for a promotion. And so suddenly you look around and you, you find similar roles elsewhere. And, yeah, he's well within his race. Too. I can't imagine a scenario where the Calgary Flames would block him from becoming a coach at the NHL level. And to be perfectly honest, he's going to be one of the guys that are in line. You don't become a finalist for a head coaching position without being able to coach. And Craig said it there, two-time American Hockey League coach of the year. I can't imagine he doesn't get a long look for the bench here in Calgary. But again, he might explore other options, might see where he might be a better fit, whether it be to learn, whether it be to um, jump ahead of the current head coach, whether it's a, an apprenticeship sort of situation that maybe is a little bit quicker to the big job than Ryan Huska's understudying, if you will, for lack of a better term. Um, if I'm Mitch Love, I'm looking at every single opportunity. Yeah. And again, he does have one year remaining on his current contract to coach the Calgary Wranglers, so there's always that possibility. But I would be I'd be knocking on doors just to see what is out there in terms of the NHL level from well, his perspective. And, and again, like I, I also think that he, you know, if you are, I, I put myself in Mitch Love's shoes, skates. That well, he wears shoes too. He might wear shoes sometimes, and sometimes skates. I once saw Vander Kane walk on cement. Yes, skates. So I was there. I don't. <laughs> It was like, don't go straight to the dressing room. Ryan walk Hardy all the way like, around. No, what are you doing? Turn around. Oh, my goodness. One of the great moments of my life. Um, I, I wouldn't, if I put myself in Mitch's shoes and, and I am dialed on wanting to be an NHL head coach and now I just got a taste of being in the mix. I came that damn close. And a moose bush. To being, exactly. You, you, you've, got that, you've got that one bite. You were that close to being an NHL head coach for the first time. I would not blame him if he said to himself, okay, this is what I want. No offense to my team, my team with the Wranglers and, and no disrespect to the great work that he's done or, or that we've done there yep. over the last two years, but I want to be an NHL head coach. And, you know, if you're driven and and focused on one goal, you then take steps to accomplish that goal. And if he feels that joining a staff with an established, successful head coach is the way for him, and I don't know, I, I don't even know if those jobs are open, but I do know that he's well thought of around the NHL, that he is going to be a guy that gets some nibbles and some bites and some phone calls to, to potentially join some NHL staffs. Yeah, I, I think that that is a, a very fair thing for him to do. And that doesn't mean there's sour grapes. That doesn't mean that he's upset. That doesn't mean that he feels slighted. It just means that the guy wants to be an NHL head coach. And he is going to do everything in his power to chase it down and to show the rest of the league that this is what he's serious about doing. And I'm, I'm curious to see what the next steps are here for Mitch. Well, again, it, it's exploring because Craig Conroy said there, I know he believes 100% he can do it. So if you have the belief in yourself that you can compete at the highest level of your occupation and you're not quite there yet, you're going to look for avenues to get there. And whether that's being a candidate for a head coaching position that becomes, there's still two vacancies in the NHL right now, one technically-ish with Mike Babcock. And it, and sounds like it's, it sounds like it's going to be none because it sounds like Peter Laviolette's going to yep. be the guy in New York. But you're going to explore those opportunities, whether they're head coaching opportunities, whether they're assistant coaching opportunities, whether they're associate coaching opportunities. But if you believe 100% that you're ready for that level, then you owe it to yourself to go find an opportunity to do so. And again, to your point, it's not going to be any hard feelings between Mitch Love and the Flames, Flames and Mitch Love. It's just 
if I'm Mitch Love, I got to do this for me because yeah. I believe I'm there. Uh, and then the last thing on the, the now what front, this question about now the coach is in place, what's, uh, what's happening with Elias Lindholm and his future with the Flames? Elias, that definitely was a factor. I mean, he wants to know who the coach was going to be, what type of coach, you know, how he sees the team being built forward. And it's still a work in progress. You know, I'm trying to get a – now that we have Ryan, I know we reached out to him. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if you've talked to him yet. This morning. This morning? Okay, good. So I'm going to be back in touch. I mean, Elias is a big, you know, like I said, he's a priority for us, and we're going to get back to him and hopefully uh, see how that moves forward. But now that the coach is done, I can kind of start focusing on these other things. Obviously, the draft's coming. Our pro meetings are going on again right now, (laughs) so for the next few days. But, yeah, I mean, Elias is a a key guy, and I'll try to get a hold of him at some point today too. That's the general manager, Craig Conroy, on Elias Lindholm. And um, so Ryan Husk has spoken to him today. Craig's going to speak him speak to him on this Monday as well. Um, I, I don't know if that would have been confidence-inspiring that all of a sudden, oh, no, he's staying for sure. I don't know if you could get that from what you just heard from the GM. But at the very least, it, it remains a high priority, and now that this is put to bed and they've decided who their head coach is going to be, now you can really drill down. So if Elias is saying, okay, well, I want to know a little bit more about, I, I, I think Dar- going away and moving away from Daryl was an important step in potentially keeping Elias. And now, you, okay, this is the guy that we want to be the head coach. Um do you feel like there's a future? Can you continue growing with us? Is a long-term contract something you'd be interested in? Now you can get a little bit of a better picture. I, I, I still feel like it's kind of in that 50-50 range. I really do, even after the news today. But now you can have your coach calling Elias. Now you can have Craig calling him. And you can start to figure out exactly where he stands and then make your decision as to whether or not you're going to move him or not. Well, and not only that, but you've also given Elias Lindholm a little bit of room to breathe. Prior to this, he's still got to absorb this information, digest it, and figure out what he wants to do with it in terms of now he knows the GM, now he knows the coach. He's essentially got all the answers to the questions he had at exit interviews and and talking to personnel with the team and talking to us as media. He basically knows how this is unfolding from here on out. I mean, you have to get through free agency on July 1 and see what happens there with the team, but... You know the GM, you know the coach, and you're going to have a good feel for what the direction of this team is going to be. It's been spoken about in media, Craig Conroy saying we've got to get younger, but we still got to be competitive. You hear Huska say we're going to you know, put an emphasis on shoring up our you know, chances against, the high-quality chances against, but we're going to take the, take the chains off, and, and you can just roll with your offense, and you can get your creativity going, and you can do this, and you can do that. Elias Lindholm, and this trickles down to all the other pending unrestricted free agents as well, Lindholm obviously being the highest priority, but now you basically have the answers to all the questions that you had heading into the offseason about whether or not you want to be a member of the Calgary Flames long term, and now other than straight dollars and years and you know contract and terms, you've got a pretty good idea of what to expect, what's to come, and then it just simply becomes decision time for these pending unrestricted free agents. 
So the coach has been hired. It is Ryan Huska. He's the 24th head coach in Flames history. So now what? There's uh, a little bit of that. There'll be a lot of now what questions throughout the rest of the week and uh, throughout the rest of the offseason, no doubt about it. Pat and Aaron along with you. This hour of Flames Talk underway. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Flamestock is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. Continuing along on this Monday where the Flames have introduced the 24th head coach in franchise history. It's Ryan Huska who gets his first opportunity as an NHL head coach. He spent the last five years as an assistant with the Flames, four years prior to that as the head coach of their American League team. And uh, he started his coaching career uh, with the Kelowna Rockets of the Western Hockey League. And boy, did he have a long stint as an assistant and as a head coach with the Rockets and a successful long stint at that with the bunch of trips to the Memorial Cup and Western Hockey League Championship. He's won some titles. It's been a uh, successful run for Ryan Huska leading up to this point. So is he ready for it? How come he's ready for it? And a whole lot more. It's time to listen into our exclusive chat with the new head coach of the Calgary Flames. Ryan Huska joined us earlier on this Monday here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Congratulations. Thank you, Pat. How are you feeling? Really good. I'm excited. This is a, a tremendous honor, I will say that, and um, one that I do not take lightly. Um, but it is a, a really good day for me and my family, and um, we're very thankful for the opportunity to be in this position. So I guess take us through the process from your perspective and how it all came to be and, and how today eventually played itself out. Well, this you think about where we were at the end of our year and I'll go back that far um, none of the coaches you know we were finishing out our contracts so you're a little bit uneasy on how that's all going to shake out we didn't have the year that we wanted to have um, and then then Brad is gone and then Daryl is gone and now you're starting a process where you're hoping that I'm going to be a part of this and then you know after a, sh- a short few conversations I knew I would be and then I started to get myself ready and prepared and and whenever that interview came for me I wanted to make sure I did a good job where I separated myself from some of the other people and and then it slowly as I mentioned in the press conference you have your second interview and then it goes a quiet for a little while which I found the hardest thing where I I didn't know what to do with myself for the last couple days because you start your mind starts going on you which leads me to another point which it was a good reminder for me with players because I'll get back to this in a second how they've all changed over the last little while but you know, I was in my backyard weeding and power washing our paving stones, and then we had the awkward um, <laughs> event with Ken Kabelka's daughter, yeah. where Craig and I were like, "Hey, how are you doing?" 
type thing but then I got the text and then we quickly in the morning it was one of the the better days of my life that's for sure so were you were you shooting Connie like glances like are you just let me can you just let me know put me out of my misery was any of that going on at the uh, event oh man I was wondering if I should buy him a beer or maybe another <laughs> one or or what should happen to <laughs> maybe get some conversation going but um, he texted right after, which is something that was okay. really nice because it does. And and this is my point for the players. Like, I start thinking about them. Where players have changed nowadays. That if you you walk past someone and you, and you don't say anything, they used to think about, hey, coach isn't talking to me right now. That's a good sign. I'm obviously doing something well, but it's not the case anymore. If it's quiet, they start to overthink, just the way I was starting to overthink. Uh, and it was a good lesson for me again because I try not to do that and. and and it just kind of goes back to how important communication is and you want to make sure players always know where they're standing and where they're at so they don't get ahead of themselves. I, I remember about nine years ago upstairs in uh, in the boardroom and when you were introduced as the head coach of then the Adirondack yeah. Flames. And at the time, a lot of people were talking about how you know, this that could be a guy who's a future head coach of the Calgary Flames. I would imagine that was not on your mind then, but as you sit here now and then go back and, and think back on, on nine years ago, what hits you? Well, no, most definitely not thinking uh, about future head coach at that time. Um, but I did know all the way along that I was going to have to make steps and I was going to have to go through the different levels in order to give myself an opportunity to be a head coach. Um and as I mentioned in that press conference, not many people get the opportunity to move up through an organization the way I have. Most times you're leaving to take another, like an assistant coach or an associate coach or a head coach. Um, so I feel fortunate that I've had all these experiences that I have had here. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, what's made me who I am, I guess, today. You, you take a lot from everybody that you've been around and you you make yourself a better coach. And I'm I'm really thankful for that. So what makes you ready? What what makes you fully ready to take on the challenge of being an NHL head coach? You know, there's there's two things with that. Um, the first one is my knowledge of the players. I, I think that's that's a really important thing. And, and some people will look at it as, well, that might be a negative thing because he's been around the room and um, it might not be something you want a fresh voice in there, whatever the case may be. But I look at it the opposite way. Uh, it's a positive thing where I have a, a relationship with these guys already. So there isn't that phase where you got to figure each other out. Um, you know, and then I keep going back to the experiences that I've had and, and people always say, well, it's it, going from an assistant to a head coach within the same team is not an easy thing to do. Um, but I don't buy that. You know, I really don't because I feel like that's part of the process that I had to go through. Um, now I have an understanding of the demands that are on players that are on the staff um, I understand the travel I understand that everything that comes along with being in the NHL and I would say that you know when you're younger and it's the same from when I went from junior to the American League you're like yeah this is going to be easy no problem and you find out pretty pretty quickly that it's hard um, and Brad, Brad Treleving told me one time early on, like, if you go up there and you're not ready for it, they will chew you up and spit you out. And I, in my head, I'm like, come on, I'm ready for this. Yeah. And then you realize pretty quickly, no, I'm not. So maybe my long-winded answer for you is um, I realize now there is no hesitation um, 
I am confident that I can do this job now, and I'm I'm extremely excited about this opportunity. Well, you and you went from assistant to head coach in Kelowna. Um, so, like, is there anything you can even take from that in terms of making the transition? And you know, now you are the voice, and and you're at the top of that mountain. Is yeah. is there anything you can learn or or take from even doing that a number of years ago? I think that one's a little bit different. I mean, junior in junior, your your players are changing, and you're yeah. getting a new group of younger kids coming in there. So that one's a little different but for me this is all about being consistent and um, players have to know what to expect from me Um, they have to know what I expect out of them Uh, then from there it's the preparation if they know that I'm prepared and I do the very best job of preparing them then it's not an issue period like and that's where every time those those questions come up about that it I don't want to say it agitates me, but it agitates me. <laughs> you know, when you're ready for it and you know you are and you know how you're going to handle players and the people that you work with on a daily basis, it doesn't, it's not an issue as long as there's consistency and your preparation is good. With Ryan Huska, Flames head coach, 24th head coach in franchise history. How would you uh, describe your communication style and how you want to connect with each of your players? Yeah, I do a lot of talking, and it's not, I don't want to say, I don't talk like Craig. (laughs) (laughs) No one one does. He's got a talent, that's for sure. Um, But for me, it's about, you know, you have to build that relationship with him, and you have to create trust with with the guys that you work with. That's staff, that's players, that's that's everybody that you're around. that's really open and honest communication and sometimes that's firm sometimes it's hard sometimes it's just talking like we are here Um, but from there the big thing is about expectations like once you have a good foundation with a player or with uh, one of your staff members if they understand what the expectations are and they understand where you're coming from then they're okay with you holding them accountable but that's also my responsibility to make sure that I put them in situations where they can succeed. So when they are doing uh, the things that we're asking them to do, you, you put them in areas where they're going to be successful. That's part of it. Um, tons of feedback. That's important for me. Uh, the leadership type meetings. There's all sorts of different ways that I will look to connect with players um, as an individual and in group settings so it's something that I'm pretty passionate about I believe a lot in it and I think the only way to get to where you want to go is through collaboration and that includes with the players yeah Craig uh, it's funny you talk about that Craig was in here before you and talked about he, he was speaking to Rasmus Anderson yeah. and Rasmus's first year with you in Stockton he was like I hated it. Like it was, it was a tough year because you were very demanding on him. Can you kind of share the the Rasmus Anderson story from sure. your standpoint? Yeah. Well, uh, Craig mentioned it in the press conference. My number one job down there was making sure players were ready to play up here, and I took that to heart. That's something that was important for me. And Rasmus at the time was one of the guys that were like, "We need this guy to play. Like he is a real important player for us." And Rasmus at that time was overweight. Um, he was out of shape. He was just relying on his natural ability to play the game. So um, he was a guy that um, we pushed for sure. So there was times in the conversation where I would let him know if he wasn't doing what we wanted to do. Um, he wouldn't really say much back because he didn't trust me at the time. He didn't really know who I was, but we stayed on it. 
and we continued to work on that. At the end of the year, we had good conversations, and then as we started to go forward, Rasmus started to trust me a little bit more, and then he started to realize that I had his best interest in mind. So n now we're in a position where um, I can almost look at Raz and be like, come on, yeah. you're, you're not doing what we need you to do here. And then he's also a guy now that is comfortable coming to me and saying, I, I need to be able to do this. If you want me to do this, you need to give me freedom to do this. So we're at that point now with Raz where he knows that I have his best interest in mind. Um, and I think we're really a, a good example for what I'd like to be with, with all of the players. It's not always roses. It's the same as a marriage, right? It's You have some tougher days for sure, but if the players always know you're coming from the right spot, um, they understand, and Rasmus and I are a good example of that. Over the last five years, you've worked primarily with the penalty kill and and with the the players on the blue line. What what are some of the what are some of the things you're really proud of over the last five years in in the work that you have been most chiefly associated with? Um, I think with the penalty kill, I'm proud that they they took pride in it. I have a lot of pride in it. Um, I wanted it to be as as good as it possibly could be, and and we set standards together. Um, and I felt like as it went along, they were very proud of it. And if it wasn't going the way they wanted it to go, you could see that they were upset and they were working with each other to try to figure it out. And I love that. That to me is, is the most important thing. And I felt like our penalty kill had an impact in games. And that's what I want to see from, from these guys as a whole. That they have that um, passion for what we're trying to do. They bring the energy every day and, and they do whatever they have to do to have success. With the guys on the back end, uh, I feel like we, we took some younger guys at the time, and I will say Noah and Rasmus and Oliver, those guys are all younger um, when we first started with them. And now they're, they're all top four defensemen, and they're guys that are capable, capable of playing big minutes and in all situations. Um, and we put a lot of time in video-wise. They've committed to it. They've made themselves better players. So it's nice to see how they've progressed as a group of guys. And then when you factor in some of the older players, the, the ability to get someone like Chris Tanev uh, on board quickly is something that I'm proud of too. Like He's a team guy through and through, um, but being able to connect with him and, and earn his trust sooner than later is important for me. And, yeah. and those, are, those are things that really matter uh, when you're trying to build a team. So I, I really, I'm proud of the guys in the back end. I love the work they've done. Um, and we're going to continue to push him to, to find another level. We're chatting with the 24th head coach in Calgary Flames history, Ryan Huska, introduced on this Monday. If you think about the last five years since you've joined the organization, uh, the turbulence you've had, two in-season coaching changes, you've had a pandemic which threw everything out of whack for two and a half years. I mean, just in terms of a learning experience, the oh. last five years must be something else for you. Well... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, um, but I think that's what makes you who you are. You've got to come through those situations, and and as I said before, you never want to see anybody lose their job. Um, and I'm fortunate that I was kept around for this whole time because the people that I've made relationships with and learned under um, will most definitely make me a better coach. Um, but you're right. There's so many goofy things that have went on that it almost doesn't feel like it's five years. Yeah, you know. We miss, feel like we miss almost a full season, it felt like. Then you have your bubble. Um, then you have some, some different changes that are coming in and out of the organization. All the changes that went on with personnel the last year. There's been a lot that's gone on in this organization in a relatively short period of time. But those are all um, lessons for me um, 
that I'm I've taken from and have strengthened my ability to be a good coach and 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 someone that can connect with his team and his players it's funny as you're talking there like you go and you take a look at you know if you you type your name in on wikipedia or something like that you'll have the two games as a head coach in the nhl under your belt when when we were waiting for daryl to get here and i it just popped into my head now like you're going from assistant to head coach well you did that is running a bench again as a head coach is just like riding a bike and you just right back into exactly what it takes to be running the entire thing once again yeah hey, hey there's going to be maybe early an exhibition but the beauty part for me is you when you get to run the back end uh, you get to you get to play the game as well as it's moving on so you're putting people out on the ice in certain situations so it's very similar to running the bench okay. so instead of running the defenseman it would be the forwards and overseeing um, and then trusting the people that you have on the bench with you to do their jobs to the best of their ability as well. But I don't, I don't look at it as a, a, a massive change at okay. all because of, of the situation that I was in before. But it's funny, I, the 0-1-1 record uh, during that time, it kind of makes me laugh. And I wonder, was I a prior head coach now before being the 24th? Does that count there? Uh, in the... <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. I, I just go, I went on the press release. I, I counted on, on the crack PR staff, the best yeah. in the business, to, to have vetted that. So I'm going to go with 24. And can we wipe that 0-1-1 record off the slate <laughs> if it's not in there? <laughs> we probably could. Um, have, you, uh, have you, like, do you have a grasp on why it didn't work last year? Like, do you have a pretty good idea? Yeah. I, th- I think I do. I do. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I feel totally comfortable with being ready for this job. So uh, there are things in our um, that we will change within our, our room. Um, we're going to create an environment that's going to be uh, one where the players are going to have every opportunity in the world to grow and succeed. Um, there's certain parts of our game that we have to change. As I mentioned before, there's a lot of parts to our game that were, were really good analytically in a lot of the categories we were we were way up there but there are some that we have to address and we have to get better at and um you know we we always go back to the overtime shootout games or the one goal games i think a lot of that gets rectified by um doing a a job in our dressing room making sure the guys are really connected um and that I think snowballs into all of the other issues yeah. that we're going to work on correcting. So for me, that's the most important thing is the environment that we're going to create is going to push these guys to be their very best every day. Um, I, I mentioned before too, it's not like it's, um, you're, you're going to be going to Callaway Park in there or anything like that. This is about making sure that the guys want to be here, but it's in an environment where they have a mindset that we have a job to do and that's to get better today. So every practice is going to matter. Every video session is going to matter. How we go about doing that will be a little bit different. Um, but they're, they're professional athletes that are expected to play at the highest level all the time. And our job as a staff is going to be to provide that environment for them. What is the process now for naming the rest of your staff? Yeah, it's well, we've started to work on a list already, so I have an idea of, of people that I want to work with. Um, not so much names, but the type of profile that those guys will fit. So um, um, w- there's external candidates, there's internal candidates that we're going to look at. I think everybody probably knows what I'm, I, I mean by that. Mm-hmm. But what we want to do is try to put the best group together um, to give us the strongest staff that we possibly can, people that are going to be um, really good for me and people that we're all going to learn from. And that's one thing too that I don't think you can ever forget is you want people around you that 
can make you better. So anytime you stop learning or, or try not to get better, then that's when everybody blows right past you. So you need to put people around you that are going to challenge you and make you better. We know the area that we want to get better at. Um, Craig's talked about the type of um, team that we're going to play a little bit probably more than I have. So we have to find the right person that's going to bring the most out of us as a group and um, certain players that we do have. So we have to find the right the right group when we put this together and I'm excited about it there's yeah. some really good names out there um, and I know I've already had um, this morning a couple conversations and we're going to continue to do these here over the next day or two and hopefully we can get something done sooner than later because I really would like to get everybody on the same page and 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 get going with our planning and and how we want to officially um, put our training camp and put our team together and how we want to play and types of different things we want to do with our group so if you had the choice could you would you rather walk in tomorrow and and start training camp or are you happy that you've got a little time to get settled here well that's part of this whole process you were talking about i feel like this six weeks or whatever it's been since the end of the year has been six years and i feel like every day i've been like okay this this so whenever i get a chance to interview i knew exactly what i was going to do and i what i was prepared for so um, I would like to start tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if we could get the guys back here tonight and get started, I know they wouldn't want to do that, but um, there's a, there's an excitement now, and there's going to be a, a nice enthusiasm around our room because everything is fresh, and we, and we know that. When there's different people involved, um, different ways of, of thinking and approaching players, whether that's me or the assistant coaches that are going to be coming in, um, there's a newness, and, and, and that's exciting. And I think that becomes infectious, and and that's why I'm so excited about this team. We have really good, we have good players. I mentioned that before, and I think with that that new energy that we're going to have around here, I'm excited about what these guys can do. Congratulations! Awesome to see. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to more of these. Well, you don't, you don't have to come in here post game anymore. I, I still <laughs> might. I loved it. I loved it. Thanks, Hus. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, guys. That is the new head coach of the Calgary Flames, Ryan Huska. He joined us here exclusively in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge a little earlier on this Monday. And now the big picture hires are done. Eighth general manager in franchise history, Craig Conroy. 24th head coach in Flames history in Ryan Huska. Both done. Now... You get down to the nitty-gritty of what this roster is going to look like. Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, and many others in terms of what this organization, what, what Craig needs to figure out, what type of roster, what does this roster look like, what does the team that Ryan Huska is going to coach next year look like. You know, we're, we are heading to the draft in less than two weeks, or flights less Ooh. than two weeks away. I... I, I I don't know that I'm going to sit here and say that I expect Conroy to make a blockbuster deal in Nashville, but I do expect him to be very busy. I do expect him to be putting a lot of um, conversations in place and, and maybe planting some seeds because there's a lot that needs to be figured out. We talked earlier this hour about how, okay, now what on the Elias Lindholm front? They addressed that at the news conference. So now if in the next two weeks you don't get the feel that there's um, a long-term contract to be done here, well, you maybe start planting those seeds of an Elias Lindholm trade at the draft in Nashville. There's 
There's a lot still to be done this summer for the Calgary Flames, and now you can start getting into some of those other player personnel things, the things that really get fans juiced up now that the two big-picture hires have been made. It's already been a franchise-altering offseason, and we haven't even hit, as you mentioned, the draft yet. And I do think that that week of June 25th, which ends with July 1st, free agency opening and contains both days of the NHL draft, it's going to be another opportunity to make some franchise-altering moves. Whether they happen or not, we'll have to sit back, wait, and see. But yes, certainly hiring Craig Conroy, Conroy getting his coach in, and now Conroy evaluating the balance of his roster. Seven pending unrestricted free agents next summer. Now's the time for... Craig Conroy to put his stamp on the Calgary Flames. He's Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers. Our producers this hour have been Cam and Taylor. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up this hour. And this hour has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.